Hey, in this interesting time, trouble time, uh, contentious time, too, I'm adding to the contention. Welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. It's the podcast that translates Donald Trump, taking an honest look at the current administration. And we look to the existential threats to America. We look to things that are called existential threats, but may not be. We've got a very interesting conversation coming up with Conrad Black. It's always good and smart. Um, he's a really smart guy. He also increases and improves my vocabulary dramatically. <laughs> But, you know, in the, in the course of um, talking to him, a, uh, a bulletin came out, which uh, I've just seen stunning. Um, the first prediction uh, about possible deaths in this country was two and a half million. You remember okay. that? Right. And then that was uh, pushed down to, well, maybe just 250,000. That's dropped by 90%. Then it was um, between 100 and 250. And now the people who do the same model are saying uh, 60,000. So um, there you go. Um, you know, all sympathy and understanding and compassion for those who are dying from this horrible disease uh, virus, and it's apparently very difficult to go through. Very People lose their breath, they panic, uh, and it's, you know, it's really ugly. But this is not the end of the country, A. This is not uh, a, a national catastrophe, uh, B, and C, it's not worth shutting the country down. And D, this is not equivalent to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 combined, which has been said a number of times. Yeah, I know the body count's smorter, smaller there, but it's a different thing. You know, this is a, 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 a tragedy. 9-11 um, and Pearl Harbor were slaughters intentionally done by enemies of the country. But uh, now now the revision down. It's going to be pretty hard for the people who want to destroy Trump uh, on grounds that unless he, you know, stops uh, the entire country from moving forward, that um, tons of people will die. Uh, that's over. That game's over. Uh, so I hope we can go back to work here a couple weeks, uh, certainly by the end of the month. And uh, again, vertical, vertical interdiction, not horizontal. Take the people who are over 65 underlying conditions. Stay at home. Uh, people who are test positive, stay at home for now. People who uh, are symptomatic, truly symptomatic, stay at home. What does that leave you? 70% of the country, 75, I'm guessing. Go back okay. to work. Go to restaurants, space out the tables for a while. Let's, let's, let's get the country going. And again, particularly in places where, you know, you don't have these serious problems. I saw uh, Senator Barrasso from Wyoming being interviewed the other day, and they said, well, how serious is the problem in Wyoming? He said, well, we, we don't know what he's died here. You know, maybe they've shot a couple of horse rustlers, you know, but uh, there you go. Anyway, I, it's stunning. It's stunning numbers. Really, truly uh, unbelievable. So there you go. We got a couple of emails on various things. To, uh, Claude, why don't you read them to me in the audience? We'd like to know. Sure. Heard from our friend Shelly. By the way, if anybody wants to email us, they can email Bill Bennett. Podcast oh, yeah. Where do you? Where do you? Where do you, oh, wait a minute. Where, don't you, that went very fast. Say Sorry, that again. I, I speak very fast. Uh, yeah, they can email BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Very good. Uh, so this one came from our friend Shelly. Uh, she says, Dear Dr. Bennett, I really enjoyed your interview with Dr. Knute. Uh, I loved his engine approach. Our country cannot keep on this way. I fall into the group more afraid of the cure than the disease. Stay well. Keep up the good work. Yeah, well, the cure will kill the country. Another month of this cure. Uh, what did um, you'll hear uh, Conrad Black say uh, that this uh, Zeke Emanuel, the brother of uh, uh, Rahm Emanuel, who's the former mayor of Chicago, said uh, 18 month shutdown. Uh, insane. Just crazy. That seems a bit extreme. But they want to 
destroy the country. You know, leftist, leftist progressive agenda. Um, also, very interesting. Listen up in the interview with Conrad. Uh, this is something I had certainly had never thought of, and I'm studying this very hard. Uh, he says that two trillion or four trillion isn't even all going to go out because uh, we will be getting back to work before all that money is spent. Interesting. Wonder if that's true. Would love to response to that. But I appreciate it, Shelley. Yeah, Dr. Canute talked about a bunch of jets lined up starting their engines, and uh, you know, start some engines, um, you know, but but leave others leave others idling, uh, or start some leave them idling. Others others other planes can take off. Others just idle, and others you don't start the engine. Uh, what else you got, Claude? Okay, we've got our buddy Don emailed in. He said, uh, Bill, you should do a show on Pelosi and the left. Uh, the Dems in the media being an existential threat to the country uh, from Russiagate to Kavanaugh to impeachment to the virus and everything in between. The Dems and the media are willing to destroy this country in order to destroy Trump and gain back power. Uh, their actions need to be documented and detailed. God help us. I believe that. I believe they would take the a depression in order to get rid of Donald Trump. I imagine some people might even admit that. Extraordinary, folks. Just extraordinary. Uh, any other email? Well, you know, I said let's not do it because I, I wasn't sure it was. I mean, we ought to do it just so the audience knows who else is listening. Will that encourage the audience or not? That our singing doctor. Uh, we'll probably encourage. Well, it will encourage. Okay, him, go ahead, yeah. but It will probably <laughs> encourage everyone else too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's let's read the email and play what he did. Huh? Okay. So from our buddy uh, William uh, Hunt, we'll call him uh, Doctor uh, Hunt. I uh, said, so, so nice to hear Claude. He's and in Dr. Jacksonville, B. isn't he? Correct. Yeah. Uh, it's so, so good to hear Claude and Dr. B. He says, I'm the shrink from Jacksonville that sang uh, the uh, Obama, Pelosi, Harry Reid, uh, John Roberts blues on uh, Morning in America uh, when we had the uh, radio program. Uh, he said, experts say humor is a good coping tool in difficult times. So this audio uh, and one more, he sent another song, by the way, represents my two cents worth uh, with that in mind, take care, be safe, and Dr. Bennett, with no uh, further delay, here's the song. I hope y'all are doing just fine in spite of the pandemic. Well, if you think you've got COVID-19, uh, don't come over I wish you well and hope you get well real soon But keep your ass away, don't come over Don't come over I mean it, down the devil I don't want that devil virus All right, anyway, there it is I, I don't know, I, I think uh, Dr. Hunt, stick to your day job I... <laughs> Gently, psychiatrist, right? Well, he said it's fun. I mean, he said it's a fun it way fun. to laugh. And yeah, gotta laugh. Gotta be able to laugh. Well, remember yeah. we did that whole thing where people were sending in songs. Um, given the current times, I mean, it must have been what 2015, 2014, something like that. And uh, oh well, we had that Obama thing with the secret agent man. Remember right. with the guy stuffing the documents <laughs> into his pants and all that. We had that contest, right? And people did fabulous songs. Right, I right. That. So remember that maybe this is starting something where we we can have a song portion at the end of the podcast where people can send in their original songs. And uh, here's what I'd like to hear from the audience. And this is this is kind of a funny turn on it, but ironic uh, irony and, and, and funny. What is the thing that occurred to you in like the last two weeks that's gone that you could? Oh, my gosh. 
Now I'm really upset. I mean, because a lot of people thought, well, I don't have to go to work. I can stay home. That's good. That's good. And then all of a sudden, you wake up. A friend of mine called and said, my gosh, I was planning two trips to Vegas. March Madness. <laughs> right. You may know who that is. Uh, yeah, and, I, have, uh, I have a pretty good idea. And he said, you know, man, this is serious. We can't cancel Vegas. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, of course, in my family, you might guess, and we haven't talked to Phil Steele, but yeah, I mean, I mean, my son said, looked at me, you know, glumly and said about this virus. I thought, yeah, he was going to talk about one thing or another, one dark aspect. He said, no football season. I think football uh, that, might be safe. Football might. I be think, good. I think it might. Yeah. I think so. Look, the college kids, I mean, the pros are the pros. They can go to camp in August and be fine. The college kids, they go in June. They don't do much. They have a spring game and stuff, but they go in June. They get started mid-June, late June. Correct. They'll be fine, uh-huh. and they'll all be at the same time. So it'll be, you know, apples against apples. Exactly. Shirts, shirts against shirts, uh-huh. skins against skins. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Bill Bennett Show. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Joining us now is Conrad Black, author, columnist, media contributor. Lord Black, how are you? Citizen Bennett. Well, first of all, I want to thank you. Um, first of all, you, you made a nice mention of one of my articles. And more well, I, thought, I thought you were making an excellent point in a very diplomatic way, but I think the whole the whole uh, perspective is starting to move now. I want to thank you particularly for that, but more so for adding to my vocabulary. In my last piece, I used the word emurated, yep. thanks to you, the emurated <laughs> populace behind walls. Where'd you get that, Conrad? 14th century? Where did you get that? I think that I, from what I was studying Latin, I think it was given us a translation for the exactly same word in Latin. Yeah, I was doing this with my colleague. I said, change that to emurated. He said, what? You know, in Canada, there's two official languages, and the French always feel that there's one right word for everything. I mean, the English is partly derived from Latin and partly from Anglo-Saxon, so there are always two words for everything. Like begin and commence mean the same thing. But in French, there's only one, so I have this idea that I'm always looking for the right word. But sometimes they're a bit obscure. I have the impression that Trump is kind of surfing this one. He was saying, well, while the Chinese were believable, he was saying, don't worry about it. It's just like the flu. Then then he started to see the peril coming on that one. And he, he, he heard them flocking to the TV studios to say uh, he's anti-science, he's a Philistine and so on. So he packed his, you know, he set up, Pence's task force and packed it with scientists of unchallengeable stature, and then you know went to the head of the let's lock it up and shut it down brigade and was very effective. And and now he now that we have over a thousand newly unemployed people for every fatality, and uh, people are starting to realize the implications economically of this shutdown, he's getting ready to uh, to make a course correction again and. You know, it reminds me of, you know, FDR saying that in 1932 he was, you know, Mr. Win the Depression. In 1936 he was, uh, you know, Mr. Reform. In 1940 he was Mr. Stay out of war, peace through strength. In 1944 he was Mr. Win the war. I mean, he's just, he's, he's moving it along just ahead of the needle, very, very you know, very skillfully, I think. But uh, I, I'm wondering if I'm sitting up here imagining things. 
No, you're not. I was with Wicked, Washington. I think it's fine. Uh, But you could not tell that from... It's an old saw here, but you could not tell that from the media. I mean, is it a near state of hysteria? The years of utter mockery of this guy are, are to end in a landslide for him if, if they can't pull something out of that. And, and the thing to pull out of a hat doesn't look anything like Joe Biden. No, I, well, I think yeah, I've been looking at this really closely, and I, it's interesting. It's a new thought which you put in my head here that, you know, he's been bobbing and weaving and, and playing this right. Uh, yes. I think his instincts have been right all the time, and I've been trying to encourage them by sending missives and thoughts and fragments and my pieces and to uh, to the White House. Uh, and and uh, I got a nice note from him, so he's 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 reading or hearing about some of it. But his instincts about the cure and the disease, which of course they all go crazy about, he's right. Can't have the cure be worse than the disease. I just wrote down. I didn't know. Is that a pretty accurate? A thousand unemployed people for each death. Is that right? Well, they and, just went over ten thousand deaths, and and last week they were ten million unemployed. But the next, they'd be bigger than that now. So they're staying ahead of the thousand. It's between a thousand and fifteen hundred somewhere. And and that and and you know these are people of prime working age. I, I hate to get into this kind of thing. All lives are equally valuable, but. But the average age of the fatalities is still in the upper 70s. Now, you know, I'm getting close to that myself. I'm not disparaging. It's a tragedy. Everyone is a tragedy. But but the point is, uh, you know, we're, we're reaching, we will be getting to the point of diminishing returns if we can segregate the vulnerable and, uh, and, and then get back to work but avoid the more the more dangerous practices in terms of spreading the illness. But uh, it, we, it, the, the fact is we're not, we can't exterminate this virus. We can't exterminate it. So there are going to be some instances of it until we have a vaccine. You make a very good point. first thing I saw in age was when I heard Dr. Burks say um, the average age of people dying in Italy was 80. 80. And uh, average life expectancy in Italy is 83 and a half. I don't want to deny anybody those three and a half years. But if you watch the news, you would think it would be about equally distributed, the fatalities, not getting the, the disease, but the fatalities. And it's not. It's not by any means. Um, and, of course, a very sensitive one came out uh, yesterday that it is, of course, quote, disproportionately in the African-American community. And a couple of doctors were asked why and said, well, be diabetes and hypertension and uh, obesity or, you know, are, 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 are higher in that, in that community. Then this morning, I'll just bark all this out. The Wall Street Journal read an excellent piece pointing out that people talk about New York City. It's not so much Manhattan that sees the density, but it's Queens and Bronx and part of the Queens, which is a very large immigrant, legal and illegal population of people living on top of each other. And that seems to be living on top of each other, you know, the, the kind of the main predictor. Social distancing, fine, but if you're all living together, three, four generations in a house, crowded, lots of people, old people, you're going to have this. Last point, they, they point out this morning, and I didn't realize these numbers, Conrad. Um, New York and Los Angeles started the social distancing, the six-foot business, about the same time. But New York's rate is 25 times higher uh, than Los Angeles, and this has to do with the density of the population. And if you look at the places around the country where you're seeing a high incidence of this, it's places that have a very dense population of uh, people living on, on top of each other. 
Uh, well, I, I think I think the president has sort of overdone his shtick. Uh, you know, he, he, too many times he, he repeats himself about eight times in one answer, uh, and it, it, it becomes a sort of mano a mano with each antagonistic and snide journalist. And, and he's generally won those matches, but he is the president. You know, I mean. I, I, I first started watching these presidential press conferences, you probably did, with Eisenhower. And, and um, he set out to confuse people by his snarled syntax, which was deliberate. But nobody ever put a disrespectful question to him, and I, and I, and I think it's a bad thing. Yeah, well, he's getting he's getting a ton of it. He's getting a ton of it. But you know, I, I just want to come back and say that I, I agree with you. He kind of overplays and over repeats. But um, but by God, he's been right about this. I mean, okay. know, uh, and not only this, but you know, the, the guy has been beat over the head by, by about the hydroxychloroquine, which you know seems to be working in seventy eight out of eighty cases, or nine hundred fifty out of a thousand. Now I understand that's not a you know a, a perfect experiment as the, as medicine. Would like it, but it's, it's pretty damn good. And and the the liberal media were absolutely wall to wall ignoring it until, uh, like the Japanese arriving at Pearl Harbor, uh, their new star, uh, holder of the Bloomberg Prize for can he save us? Um, the governor of New York said, "Well, I, I've, we're distributing uh, ten million of these things." I mean, you could hear the jaws hitting the floor. You know, all of the you know the CNN people and so on. It was just too much for them. Hey, is there is there anything more preposterous than to think about uh, whether there's some doubt here? If 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 I got very sick and I'm you know I'm 76 and I have underlying conditions and I'm there and I'm gasping for breath and the doc says, well, we do have this thing hydroxychloroquine that's worked about 95% of the cases, but we haven't done a proper... <laughs> Do you want it? I mean, what? Hell yes, right? I mean, the, the tests they've had have been have been good. The one in France, and there's, there's another one now, but they... Uh, it, 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 you know, it's not a year and a half of testing, but you're right. Of course, you give it a, give it a shot. You know, they hate uh, Trump because he doesn't accept science and global warming. Well, here's the science, you know, and it, it's early stage, but it looks pretty good. But by gosh, if he says it, it's wrong. It, if he says it, you know, the answer is no. So they thought they really had Trump by the by the neck on the on the testing business, and then all of a sudden, you know. Abbott produced this thing, and then now they're testing what a quarter of a million a day or something. And then you've got these other things developing too. I mean, this this was something I said early on: is that all right? Here's this virus, and it's coming. And oh my gosh, it's terrible. But you know, this is America. We do stuff, and we do it well, and we have great scientists, and we go to work, and we roll up our sleeves, and you know, these count. That was the thing I think that irritated me the most: these counts. 2.2 million now, now revised down to you know 250 and now today maybe 80,000 I mean all horrible of course but based on LA flaring up like New York City it should that's right that's right it shouldn't I do think I know Fauci I like him we're out of the same uh, uh, demographic womb the Catholic school boys from uh, Brooklyn and uh, you know I know I know I know that guy I know what he's like I know where he came from uh, and he's a good guy and a good scientist but he's got to realize when he says, well, it could be, could be, I, I, you know, I have a, 
have a degree in philosophy, and I remember a logic teacher we had from Germany when someone said it could be. He said, could be, could be, could be anything. Could be anything that's not logically self-contradictory. Could be. Likely to be. So he says could be 2.4 million. And the press says, Anthony Fauci, they predicted 2.4 million people will die or very likely could die or could die. All anybody hears is the 2.4 million. You know, I've been talking to economists and I don't want to make the same mistake on this side that the uh, you know, epidemiologists are making in their projections. But I've talked to a lot of people who say we could maybe go through April, maybe a little bit of May, but no, no, you can't. You can't do this two months of this that's one question i have for you your guest there conrad and then um what about this raid on the treasury I, you know mnuchin just seems to me to be you know almost almost the you know the the best ally of, of nancy pelosi i know he's resisting a lot of her stuff but man this money this is real money my impression is that um, it was a shock and our campaign the two trillion uh, of direct assistance that the that, that has been approved i suspect will not entirely be used because I think the shutdown will end before they've gone through it. Uh, the four trillion of, of the liquidity facility, I think, will not that much of it be used. And in any case, that isn't actually expansion of the money supply since they are loans. Um, and I think that the the governing idea is that this is a temporary situation, and the zero percent interest rates will make it less damaging than it would otherwise be. Uh, and then the last factor, and this is an imputation on my part, is there is a political element here. And uh, if Trump can get part of this into an infrastructure program, um, that completes the last of the main campaign promises that he made, and would then have been would have then have been accomplished. It reminds me a little of uh, FDR calling everything from 1942 on. No matter what it was, even if it was a bill to, to save the whooping crane, was an act to improve the lot of members of the armed forces and veterans of the armed forces. And, and so, as long as it is called um, assistance to those distressed by the coronavirus crisis, it'll work. Uh, but it, the fact is, I don't think we're going to see six trillion go at the door. And but I, I think the president is determined to to. to put the economy on steroids to get a vertical right-hand side of the V, something that, that is his versions of, of, a, of the great takeoff reminded me of the early claims of the Pentagon for the Nike Zeus missiles just 60 years ago. But they, they said that from the ground to 60,000 feet in two heartbeats, and that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, no, I, right. One uh, very uh, happy, I won't say rosy, but happy, uh, optimistic assumption in what you said is the recovery will start. The America will go back to work before all this is given out. I hope so. But this, uh, on the heels of your reporting, uh, you know, Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel saying 18 months. That's the wildest I've heard, too. But Bill Gates said 10 we, weeks. Ten, we can't do 10 weeks. We cannot. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Look, I, I think I think where, you're, where this president is going to have his Harry Truman moment is he, he's going to have to say something a little like what Nixon said in his silent majority speech. He's going to have to say, uh, on the one hand, the scientists said that optimally we would maintain this shutdown longer. On the other hand, the economics of the country and the well-being of the overwhelming majority of Americans who will not be seriously affected by this disease under any plausible scenario now 
now that we've all as a country taken the measures that we have, uh, the determination of the balance against those two factories uh, stops at my desk. That's where the buck stops. And I believe that balancing all of the risks and all of the possibilities, this is the time to send everybody back to work and everybody back to school but maintain careful standards about large assemblies and maintain as much self-distancing as is practical in those circumstances. But these are the actual statistics. You know, the, um, 95% of the people have absolutely nothing to fear, and most of the remainder uh, may have may have a nasty illness but will survive it. And those most vulnerable, we have to continue to protect. But we, we simply cannot impoverish ourselves over an ever-shrinking number of elderly people. We value them no less than the young, but they themselves would not wish the country permanently hobbled and, the, and, and, the, and impoverished in tens of millions of cases for them. I mean, yeah. I can't write the speech for him so quickly as that, but that's basically what he'd have to say. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, the public would, would agree with it if, if he gets his timing right. And he always seems to get his timing right. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Uh, and I'm trying to help write that. I mean, I'm not not formally, but I'm sending that those ideas, and these are great ideas. But but just two things I'd comment on. Um, one, I you know, it just jumped off the page for me. This Dr. Katz at Yale said we're doing a... A horizontal interdiction. We need to do a vertical interdiction instead of sweeping everybody into one place. Uh, you take the people who are over 65 with underlying conditions. You take the people who test positive. You take the people who are symptomatic, and very soon we'll be able to test whether they're you know they're infected, and they stay home, and everybody else goes back to work. My hope is, uh, I mean, again, I, look, I don't know anything about science or medicine. I never understood. I, I was the guy in the chemistry class at high school who, wh- when you put the things in the test tube and it was supposed to turn blue instead of turn green or something, I could never get it right. But So I, I, I'm the last person in the world to try and speak with authority about this kind of thing. But, but uh, I, I think we're all hoping that by the end of this month we'll be extracting antibodies from, from the overwhelming majority of cases that have been treated and cured uh, and using them to help inoculate the more vulnerable and, and uh, you know, have a process of relatively assured um, inoculable invulnerability in place and functioning. But, but I, I, we can't go on with a total shutdown of the country for the sake of a diminishing number of elderly people. I would be in that category. I was talking to my doctor yesterday. He said, because you have a slight lesion in your lung, you, you would you technically be vulnerable. And I'm, I'm 75, but I, I, you know, I, I don't have to go out that much. And so I'm not, you and I are like the guy in the, in the Titanic uh, stepping aside for the women and children to get into the lifeboats. But it's not that dire. We should be fine if we just are careful. Let's hope so. I was quoting Martin Luther King the other day on this point, said uh, longevity is not the most important thing. And boy, I'll tell you, I mean, they, you can live forever, they tell us now, but they don't tell you what comes along with it. I don't, we don't need to get into that. We'll be like those two old men on the Muppets show, you know. What? What? I, I'm getting calls from friends now, and they say, hi, hi, Bill, it's Brooke. I go, hello? It's Brooke. Yeah, I heard you. What? What? You know, <laughs> stop it. 
<laughs> Stop it, age. Anyway, but but the other point I want to make is on this, uh, you know, back to work versus saving lives. A little sensitivity for me. I was the first drug czar. We took it seriously. We talked about a war on drugs. People hated it. We were pretty serious. We never did anything like this or proposed to. If we had or had permission to, it might not have been the wisest uh, thing in federalism, but we could have cut this thing down by 90%. You know, shut down the country, shut down the airports, uh, I-95, and we we never did that. But but the other point is this, on on the same same issue. It's not life versus money. It's life versus life. I mean, we are breeding opioid uh, drug addicts right now. Uh, isolation is the worst thing for them. Uh, boredom is uh, the second worst uh, thing for them. What about alcoholism? What about suicide rate? What about domestic abuse? What about uh, you know child protective services isn't allowed to visit? I mean, you, you lock people up in their rooms, houses. Some of them are going to be fine and rediscover the virtues and values of family, and others are going to start hurting each other uh, in, yeah. uh, in lots of ways and hurting themselves. Well, do you detect, as, as I think I do, a, a, a growing drumbeat from those of us who, who are saying, uh, you know, it's time to shift the emphasis uh, from shutting down to, to stamp out the disease and flatten the curve to starting up the economy to prevent long-term severe economic damage with all of the uh, uh, all, all of the sociological problems that come with that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I see the thing moving now, and just the balance of stuff that I see in the media and so on. There are more and more people saying, "Let, let you look. Uh, let's let's remember our long-term interest here." Am I dreaming? I'm not outside the country, and I don't know. You're not dreaming. And based on people's instincts, the fact that Americans like to go to work, and I don't talk about his jobs. I use the word livelihoods because it's it's got a lot to do with people's lives, you know, their ability to work and their pride and their self-respect and so on. But in addition addition to that, this is what people want to do, and they're restless, and they've had a month of this, and they're ready to go back to work. And the last ones to go, and we should talk about this uh, are the people who are deeply politically motivated. And I, you know, I thought I was pretty sophisticated in this stuff. There are people prepared to burn down this country uh, as long as, uh, you know, the burn down the house as long as Trump is in it. Yeah, as long as, long as he uh, is incinerated with it. Yeah. It, it, it is an utterly astonishing phenomenon to see the tenacity and fanaticism of the opposition to him. I mean, I understand why lots of people find him distasteful and boorish and so forth. Uh, and and uh, I understand up to a point why people are still trying to deny the fact that he's been, in fact, a very successful president. Uh, all of that I can see. But, but it, 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 people who, the moment the, the, the Russian fraud, the total, complete, outrageous fraud of a claim that he'd colluded with a foreign power to rig a presidential election. The moment that finally collapsed, exposed as having no basis to it and probably a criminal origin, that um, they go for an impeachment that is not of impeachable offenses and, and charging things of which there is no evidence that he committed them, and even if he did, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and yet they dragged the country through that nonsense, and now they're trying to do it one more time with this idea 
of a blue ribbon investigation conducted by the most rabidly partisan Trump haters in, in, in the country. Well, I, I mean, it, it, this isn't sane, you know, and, and and it's worrisome in a way. These people are not sane. I know. Um, my, just my worry here is I, I, I trust the instincts of the American people, but it has been such wall-to-wall coverage. The panic, the pandemonium. Uh, by the way, I was ta- I've talked to several doctors this morning. They said part of the pandemonium and the mess at hospitals that you're seeing is people just flooding the emergency rooms when they have a simple cough or cold, but they've seen on television, they're scared to death. Scared to death. Yeah, I'm so, sure there's a lot of that. So if you wanted to generate uh, generate generate panic, uh, that's a way to do it. But my concern is that with the wall-to-wall coverage, and it's a lot of channels doing it. It's not just your basic networks. It's a lot of people, um, you know, going going for the scare. Um, uh, you know, I'm just worried how gullible people might be on this. But uh, but I'll, I'll, I, tr- I trust them on it. I trust them on it. As long as we just don't go too long. Uh, and that's where he's going to have to do it. And you know, the second he does it, every death that happens after that, because it's you know, it's a lagging indicator, and people will be dying for a while. They're gonna they're gonna somebody. The Post will put up a chart of deaths on on Trump's watch, both before because he didn't act quickly enough, and afterwards uh, after he told the country to go back to work. You know, they're going to do that. Yeah, they, they, they'll do it. But I, I have to say. I agree with you. They had better arguments against Trump early on, and I was impressed at how they failed to move the needle very far, even in, in moments of complete frenzy, like after that uh, Access Hollywood Billy Bush take. You know, everyone that I knew said it's over, and I said, "Well, I'm not so sure that it is." You know, and and and, uh, and uh, the public weren't worried, didn't really care that much. You know, it was a stupid thing, and a tasteless thing to say. And Trump apologized. No, no, that's I mean, me. I just think that's that people. That level are sensible. China, what do we do? China. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, look, uh, I think we have to um, do something to indicate that the, that their conduct is simply not acceptable. And I suspect that we would, in that, uh, if it's handled properly, I think we could get a a very broad consensus among the organized nations of the world. I mean, the more sophisticated countries in the world. Uh, I, I don't think the Russians would join them for their own reasons, but I think all, almost all the rest of Europe and most of the Americas, and certainly including Canada, would join in, in, a, in, a, in effect a, a warning to China that the world is aware of how grossly irresponsible and mendacious they were, and and, uh, and, and it simply is not tolerable. Something something designed to really wound the oversensitive pride of that country, and um, and. And also, the, the World Health Organization has to have a severe wrapping of the knuckles. I mean, their conduct is just a disgrace, I think. I mean, it's the latest thing where they're urging us to charge into into family homes and take out the children to protect them from being infected by their parents. I mean, they, they've gone mad. That's a, this is another element of, of the official that has simply lost its mind in this crisis. But... I, I think we have to do that, but we don't. We don't want to have a full-scale confrontation with China. I don't think. I'm interested in your your guess as to the origin. You know, one of the people I most respect is Tom Cotton, 
Uh, you know, his the best I resume. Get much of a law and order guy, but apart from that, very good, I think. Yeah. Oh no, no, he's 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 to my left. He's my guy. Anyway, <laughs> no, but he uh, he he, you know, asked about that laboratory, which is close to the place where they were eating live bats or whatever it is. They were eating monkeys' bats. Um, uh, you know, that, Chinese delicacy like that. Yeah. The the uh, the laboratory, you know, did did they do it on purpose? He says, I don't know. Uh, leaving open the possibility that they did. I, my guess is they didn't. It was just reckless and stupid. And of course, those markets. And then they tried to cover it up. Uh, if they were going to infect yeah. us, I might imagine they would have been smarter about it. Look, I'm not a China expert, but here's one of the few areas where I part company a little bit with my friend Henry Kissinger. Uh, we, we speak every two weeks. We're not traveling, and and he he remains a little bit of a China appeaser. I think. I mean, he certainly is knowledgeable and is unambiguously a patriotic American. But I think he's a bit indulgent of them. And uh, but he, even at that, I, I agree with you. I don't think they would judge it an intelligent move to make an act of what amounts to chemical warfare against the civil population of countries that they have normal relations with. I just don't, I, it's just, it's just a, a completely insane thing to do. And I, and I just don't think they would do it. Yeah. I, okay. I agree. But they do have to pay a price. Uh, and I mean, frankly, it's the sort of thing that Mao could have done, but I don't think this group would. Uh, but they do have to pay a price. And I do think we've learned less, at least I hope we have, about, um, you know, making more of our medicines at least somewhere else. My gosh. All I, I think this one around. is not going to be like the oil imports, which, you know, for decades, every time the U.S. started to seem somewhat purposeful about reducing oil imports, the Saudis got OPEC to uh, lower the price and the whole thing collapsed. I mean, there was just never any will to do anything until relatively recently. Uh, I don't think it's like that. I think I think uh, medicine is something that goes to the you know the life and survival of every person and I think there's a consensus to repatriate it. All right, Conrad, thank you very much. Thanks for what you do. Not Thanks a bit, for your the pleasure's mine, Bill. I love these socks so anytime. Thanks, Conrad Black. That does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett and like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We'll catch up next week.